Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier here on Saturdays, every Saturday, that is, on 570 KVI. And uh, thanks for joining me. Everybody out there in the Twitter sphere, get on the tweets at Happy HR Radio. And if you got a question, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. It's another beautiful day in the city, in the region. We've got the most fantastic summer ever. Please don't let it end. Uh, coming up uh, for some great events in the region, um, I've got the Red Mountain Block Party on Saturday, September 27th. It's out in Red Mountain. That's going to be a big kick in the pants. A lot of fun, great wines. Uh, speaking of great wines, I've got the Seattle Wine Awards Gold Medal Wine Experience. September 14th, that's a Sunday, not the Seattle Waterfront Marriott. Uh, tickets available at westseattlefoodbank.org slash events. And uh, also have this cool new party called Interurban Harvest Party. We'll learn more about that with some of my guests. Uh, speaking of guests, I've got Austin Gangle of Brown Family Winery. Uh, a new winery, relatively new here in Washington State. It's uh, part of the Precept family of wines. Uh, and also have David LeClaire, Monsieur David LeClaire of SeattleUncorked.com, uh, the Lux Factory, and so much more. David LeClaire, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, it's good to hear yeah, so uh, you uh, you've been reading in the paper recently, and you're a psalm, and you've uh, know all sorts of stuff. A worldly guy, what do you think about that Napa earthquake and just uh, all those broken barrels and bottles? Well, I think it's a great time to collect on insurance for something you can't sell. <laughs> you know, not that I've ever done that before, but I do recall there was an earthquake in Seattle, and I looked, was working in a particular restaurant, and there were some wines that we really could never move. So I remember there was a few of them that ended up on the floor somewhere, and uh, there was, of course, we turned into the insurance company, and uh, it was devastating that we lost them. Oh, I know. I, I know the feeling, especially when you lose that uh, leaf from milk and uh, <laughs> Mueller-Turgau, <laughs> the uh, 1992 Mueller-Turgau that was just starting to reach its peak. That's right. Uh, well, it is devastating down there, and thank God no one's uh, seriously injured, and um, obviously the broken barrels and, and bottles, uh, it's grape juice after all, but they've been doing great they've had some great harvests they got lots of wine they'll be okay right oh they've got plenty of juice down there so they'll be good yeah um well speaking of juice uh what juice are you drinking these days well right now i'm drinking a little brown and this <laughs> is uh, brown but it isn't brown this is a uh, delicious it's a what is this tribute this is the 2011 tribute of gold medal wine that uh, austin's brought here austin uh chime in tell us about this tribute uh this is the third vintage of this wine um we started just with cabernet so we have actually have been around for a while now six was our first vintage it's just cabernet um we decided to start making the the baby brown so to speak um a little bit fleshier riper uh ready to go at a younger age like uh, veal exactly yeah <laughs> nailed it uh, about three vintages ago and so we call this one this is a bordeaux blend because there's a little bit of syrah in this but uh just kind of coming off of our some of our better vineyard sites uh, through the Columbia Valley, um, not a sub-AVA specific kind of wine, 
Uh, and then whereas our Cabernet that we have next is kind of more well, of we our, save our that cellar one. wine. We're going to talk yeah. about this chibi right now. And Bordeaux, by the way, was something I coined about seven years ago. So I that's never my word. I never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Camaraderie Cellars made a, uh, a Bordeaux-style uh, white with a little bit of Viognier. So I called it a Bordeaux. It's too funny. It is pretty funny. Um, well, what else are you drinking? So I was just in New York uh, last week and uh, whining and dining from my cousin's wedding and dining at Jean-Georges and uh, Daniel Balud and 11 Madison Park. And uh, I had to go buy some new pants, man. I tell you, it was <laughs> all that good living. Uh, I was drinking champagne uh, and rosé. It was so fun. Um, what are great rosés? I saw you on Facebook. You had some great rosés the other day. Well, I'm actually a pretty big fan of rosé. And, and, you know, Provence is obviously the benchmark of rosé in most people's minds. But I have to tell you that um, this year, it seemed that rosé has exploded to the point where they're tripling, if not quadrupling, how much they're selling here in the U.S. And so I don't know if they're watering it down or if they're just making so much more that it just didn't seem like to me that Provence rosés had the fruit. And I don't want sweet, but I want a little character. And sometimes it's almost too lean and too simple to me. So I've been kind of was playing around with rosés from other parts of the world and having a little bit more fun with some of the Spanish and Portuguese rosés and uh, you know some of the Washington ones. Rosados, huh? Ooh. Yeah, cool. Well, I would agree that uh, I've been you know digging Provence rosés forever, and they were a little leaner this year and a little lighter, a little. Uh, so I had to drink more <laughs> <laughs> to concentrate it. Uh, Austin, uh, is Precept doing any rosé wines? Uh, we mainly just. We do, we don't get too much in the rosé program. We have some tasting room only stuff, but uh, we really like Sangiovese uh, for our rosé mm-hmm. as uh, the the Washington Italian varietal. Uh, we don't do any still red with it. We strict uh, we we keep strictly to a rosé program. Really fresh fresh strawberry, uh, really good color. Um, a little bit darker than the Provence uh, style, but a little bit more fruit. But also great acidity in that Sangiovese. I think that works really well. So, David, uh, you've got a new project uh, and you've got a new home, I want to say, where you get to play uh, with wines and beers and spirits. And uh, What's that place called? It's called the Factory Lux, and it's at the old Rainier Brewery. It used to be the tasting room when it was the brewery, and now we've uh, transformed it into an event space. And uh, it's got a bar and a stage, and it's kind of cool and hidden away. So it's kind of mildly luxurious in an industrial setting. So I like it. Cool. Showgirls sometime? Well, not yet. We don't have the polls yet. <laughs> uh, do you, and what's the last event you hosted there, and what's coming up? Well, the last one we did was for Tate's List, which was last night. Uh, Tate's List is a new restaurant industry kind of thing, right? And uh, so they're just trying to get their name out there. And then we did one last week, which was called the Family Reunion for all the family winemakers of Washington. And coming up is the Urban uh, Harvest Party, which is going to be basically all the inner city wineries, breweries, distilleries coming up on September 10th. Benefiting inner city kids? Uh, no. This is actually going to be benefiting the AIWF's program to uh, raise the money. AIWF. Yes. The IWF. IWF. Uh, what does that stand for? Uh, it's the uh, Association of International Wine Friends. No, it's not really it, but it sounds kind of <laughs> American good. Institute of Wine and Food? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically a group that's uh, you know big time into wine. They've been around forever. Are they big time? No, they're they're small, but they're they're been around forever, and they're actually going to be raising money for all the uh, kids who want to go into the program at South Seattle Community College in the enological programs. That's cool. And how do you get tickets? Uh you're going to basically go to AIWF Pacific Northwest dot com. AIWF Pacific Northwest dot com. So that's uh, September 10th, and uh, after that is the Gold Medal Wine Experience. And uh, you've been in the business for twenty some years now, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe you've been on the wine panel for the. 
Seattle Wine Awards and the Oregon Wine Awards, actually, uh, for almost every year. Yeah, there's only been one or two that I haven't been able to make it. But i got to tell you, that is one of my favorite uh, events. It's such a great uh, program. And the beautiful part about the gold medal experience is uh, the judges have tasted, you know, thousands of wines it's, you know, over a couple of days and kind of paired them down to, you know, what are the, the winners. And then at this tasting, it's just the golds and the double golds that really you're going to focus on. So, you know, it's really kind of fun to be able to see what the judges have kind of uh, called from all of those wines. And I love the gold medal experience. Well, it's uh, going to be really fun down at the Seattle Waterfront Marriott. Uh, we've got 67 wineries, a couple of chocolate chocolatiers. Uh, and some musketeers. And uh, here's some of the wineries. We've got Upland Estates, Tertulia, uh, Ambassador, Canoe Ridge, uh, Left Coast Cellars, Lodmill, Long Shadows, Melisoni, Michael Fiorentini. I mean, 67 Washington wineries and Oregon wineries. Pouring gold and double gold. It's going to be great. And you're going to be there, right? Absolutely. Me and all the other judges. So. Yeah. So you get a chance to, uh, you know, you can blind them. What's this? What's this? Yeah. One of the one of the beautiful parts about that uh, tasting, though, is that you really are uh, tasting the cream of the cream. So you're you're really not having to go through and try everything that everybody produces. Everything there is is a winner. So it's a fantastic afternoon. It's going to be fun with great food and, like I said, those chocolates and tickets available at westseattlefoodbank.org. Uh, I understand you got some other projects. Tell me about Seattle Uncorked and how is that uh, organization going? Well, Seattle Uncorked has been around for about 10 years now, and uh, it's about 35,000 members, but it doesn't cost anything to join. So you just go to seattleuncorked.com uh, and you sign in and you basically get an email once a week about different events that are happening. Some of the events are ours that we produce, like the Urban Harvest Party, and other ones are going to be just uh, things that are already happening in the in the area. So, for example, Oregon's going to be coming to town on September 11th, and there'll be 66 producers that are here at Urban Heart, uh, Urban Feast. Pino in the city. Pino in the city. So there'll be 66 producers there. We don't have to do the event. We'll just tell you about it. So if you go to Seattle on Court, you get messages about all the things that are happening in the industry. Yeah, it's better than, uh, I don't want to say it's better than uh, Seattle local wine events. Dot com because that's a great uh, but I think yours yours sound more fun because you get the emails direct and it's not so long I think Seattle, local wine events you have to scroll down and find something and everybody's got something listed there it's like oh my goodness we got a cheese tasting in Renton which is really fun I'm sure if you live in Renton I'm not putting down Renton I love cheese yeah but you know the hard part about local wine events is that everything that somebody considers an event is an event and that means somebody's releasing a Chardonnay that's an event somebody's having a cheese tasting that's an event so we really just kind of focus on a, a few really big things that are happening that are fun and an occasional kind of small little campy thing like everybody's going to bring a bottle of rosé and meet at a park we're going to be doing actually a di- <laughs> dive bar run pretty soon they call it the brown so, bag uh, right. pass around right oh so fun speaking with David LeClaire of SeattleUncork.com and Factory Luke's. Uh, he's a sommelier in the city and hosting the Interurban Harvest Party on Wednesday, September 10th. Also have Austin Gangle here with uh, Brown Family Winery, or Brown Family Vineyards. I like that. Uh, everyone's a winery. David, are you making wine sometime? I did a wine back then in the day called Big Smooth and Big Daddy, but it's been oh, yeah. a while, so I'll probably get back into it at some point. I actually have a program that we're kind of working on called uh, Collaboration Wine Project which will be doing a collaborations with different winemakers, and I'll just kind of be part of that collaboration. 
Uh, but that'll be, you know, a theater near you soon, but not ready yet. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, the release will be coming out. Big Daddy, Big Smooth. Was Sam Perkins involved with that? <laughs> yeah, I sent him a bottle. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, you got to love Big Smooth. That's cool. Big Smooth. Uh, well, I like the idea of making some wine. And as you said, rosé is... Um, bursting this year in the United States. And I did a little research on rosé. They talked about how uh, projected increase on rosé sales will be 40% next year. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get in that game. I love pink. Think pink. Drink pink. I love the pink. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's an opportunity there for a lot of people to produce something. The hard part is that most of them are selling out, uh, especially the local winemakers, are selling out really quickly. And I've said to a lot of winemakers, why don't you make like triple what you make? You'll sell it. And they said, well, because we don't make any money on it because people don't want to spend a lot of money on rosé. So the beauty of rosé is it's affordable. Mm-hmm. The hard part as a winemaker, if you have just a little bit of Grenache grapes, do you really want to sell them for you know $12 a bottle versus $25 a bottle or $30 a bottle? So... That's the hard part. Yeah, the hard part is that most rosés uh, were made uh, as afterthought, um, trying to boost the uh, concentration of their red wines. And so that's why those grapes are so expensive, because they're making fantastic reds, but uh, just pulling a little blush off the top. So, um, But we'll, we'll find some wineries out there that are going to say, you know, we can do this great. We've got the best climate, right? The perfect climate for wine. What are we again? Yeah, I think it's the perfect Climate Perfect for climate, yeah. Plus water and uh, irrigation and farmers and uh, vignerons and all that. Um, hey, coming up after this break on Happy Hour Radio, we're going to be talking to Austin Gangle of Brown Family Vineyards. Talk about the winemaking history, where this uh, particular label was uh, started, how it got uh, inspired. Talk about his 2011 tribute and the 2011 Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, also looking ahead, don't forget, uh, we've got this Interurban Harvest Party. And we've got breweries, distilleries, and wineries, right, David? That's right. A little of everything. So not all of them, because there's way too many that are located here in the city. But the idea of the Urban har- Harvest Party is they're going to go over, bring all the hops, bring all the you know the grapes over to this side, crush it here, do the work here. And uh, since everybody can't go over and see what's happening to each of the wineries because they're busy, we're going to have a little pre-party right before they get really head down and you know they're going to be into it for a month or a month or two because harvest is ready to start it so. is uh i know that uh people are pulling grapes check out facebook and if you do like facebook you can find us on happy hour radio on facebook and uh lots more so stay tuned here to happy hour radio we'll be looking to find your tweets uh, at happy hr radio we'll be right back Save the date and celebrate Washington and Oregon's best wines and wineries. Sunday, September 14th at the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, benefiting the West Seattle Food Bank. Taste, talk, and tour more than 70 fantastic Northwest wineries, all under one roof and each of them pouring their gold and double gold award-winning wines. Sumptuous food, chocolate divine, and this year's most delicious wines. The 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, Sunday, September 14th. Find tickets and information at westseattlefoodbank.org and seattlewineawards.com. He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, speaking with Austin Gangle of Brown Family Vineyards and Mr. David LeClaire. 
founder, sommelier of SeattleUncorked.com. So, David, um, you must get all the industry magazines, the Sips and the Tasting Room magazine. Uh, recently, I had the uh, Wine and Spirits magazine and Psalm Journal um, and Wine Enthusiast. And this is like, uh, you know, being following the court, the path of the Court of Master Sommeliers, as you have as well, um, these three magazines are talking about the whole court system and uh, tasting blind and, and how to do it. It's like it's finally arrived. I mean, everybody wants to be a psalm. It's mm-hmm. so fun, isn't it? Yeah, well, when we started, you and I were one of the first ones that there were in the city, and there wasn't a lot of us. And now, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal to be a low-level psalm like I am. <laughs> a low-level psalm. So if you I'm don't totally go on to become yeah. advanced or master, <laughs> you kind of chop liver. But back in the day, that was a big deal. Well, it's funny because you know they haven't made the you know the higher you go in this this court, uh, they haven't made the pins pins any bigger, but just brighter and shinier. Of course, they earn that, and it's a difficult uh, journey and challenge. But uh, most importantly, it's a journey, and it is fun. Yeah, I, I actually really have enjoyed the industry, and it's been it's such a collaborative industry. It's fun to kind of participate. Everybody's competitors, but they all get along and they kind of help each other. And I think the same thing's true if you look at Psalms when they study. It's hard to go buy wine and pay for all that on yourself. Like you know, go buy twelve New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs and sit down by yourself and try them. So everybody buys a bottle. They all get together. They all try them together. They all help each other. It is such a collaborative kind of uh, exercise to actually try to get certified and then to move up uh, the different levels it's fun to watch and it's fun to see the people that are kind of helping each other grow it's fun for me i'm privileged and honored to be part of those groups with canlis and the wine world group and uh, we've got a couple uh, uh students candidates off on the advanced exam right now so best of luck to them and uh i want to thank you for coming in good to see you again good to catch up on the interurban harvest party september 10th and where are tickets available uh actually either seattle and cork or aiwf pacific northwest aiwf yeah. okay thanks christopher we'll see yeah. you soon okay? all right thanks david uh and austin gangle uh welcome to happy hour hi Hi there. So thanks for chiming in on this 2011 Brown Family Vineyards tribute. Um, so let's go back. Uh, the tribute is a red blend, but you call it Bordeaux because it's got a little Syrah in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I don't know if we'll keep that for 12. Uh, 11 was a, a challenging year. Um, so we we're really pulling fruit um, from the sites that didn't have a lot of frost. And uh, 12 being the great harvest that it was, I think we'll stick back to take out the own and just make it a Bordeaux, Washington red blend. Um, we have some great Malbec from the 2012 vintage that I'm very, very excited about to start getting them um, bottled up here probably in the next 30 days. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think we'll cut the straw and get the, board, uh, the, the Malbec in. And Brown Family Vineyards. So tell me about the uh, inspiration behind this, the genesis of Brown Family. The genesis is fun. I've been with it since uh, its first in vintage and inception. It's named after Andrew Brown. Uh, Andrew Brown is the founder of Precept Wine. We're in our 10th anniversary. Uh, Precept is a local wine company of uh, uh, farmers and winemakers and a, a wine company. Uh, we own and operate some local wineries and vineyards here in the state and in uh, Idaho and uh, in Oregon as well. Um, Precept was really founded on bringing great bottles of wine from the state of Washington to people uh, for under 15 bucks on the shelf. Ten years ago, that didn't exist as much. And um, as as Precept started growing, we started looking to uh, some better vineyard sites to do some special projects. And the 2006 vintage of Brown Cabernet came out uh, with about 100 cases made, Andrew made, from some of the best vineyards he could access. The 2006 was the first vintage? Correct, first really? vintage. And uh, I... He sent it out to his distributors nationally who had been helping to build Precept with his brands and said it was a thank you. 
And uh, I happened to be his distributor in Colorado at the time. And uh, some of us were just like, Andrew, you make more of this. This is this is great. This is what you guys should be getting into. Um, much smaller production. But 06 you know, was uh, on, on the cooler side. It was a cooler side, side, and it was definitely uh, a young wine. But it was um, it was something that we had never seen from from Precept uh, or Andrew. And um, so that that project's been slowly growing um, to now we're a bit, we're bottling up our 2012s, um, kind of as we speak in the next 30 days. And so we have two two tiers, or there's two uh, uh, brands in the segment. We've got the. Uh, 2011 Tribute and the Cab. Right. And in the Cab, we also have a Merlot. We do a Chardonnay. We have a Petit Verdot. So you have five. And then we're uh, doing a Malbec as oh, well. Oh, I see. Okay. And then so we it's... just have the Tribute kind of as our everyday Monday through Thursday wine. <laughs> I like that. Um, is Hal Lanvoit the uh, director of winemaking for this project as well? Uh, Hal oversees uh, a lot of the fruit because we're sourcing on about uh, half the fruit for this project. It's not coming from estate stuff that we... Um, it's been old contracts like at BlackRock that we've been working with for 15 years. Um, um, but then John Freeman, the wi- the winemaker, really has complete autonomy. Uh, on John this. Freeman. And he's been on this since day one as well. And uh, you, f- your first bottle was in 2008 when he sent it out, or is it 2009? Um, he sent it out in mid-'07. Oh, really? Yeah, it was 06 vintage sending out mid-'07. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, a little short time on Elevage then, mm-hmm. uh, nice and quick. And uh, you tasted this wine, said, I love it, make more of it, and then somehow you're here. Yeah, somehow I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just been following uh, following the path of, of Washington and, and, and the wine community up here. It's growing, and it's growing in a positive way. Um, um, the the old guard of the old world and, and California, they're starting to move up here. They're starting to make wine up here. They're starting to grow up here. And um, people are really excited about what's going on. And um, and I'm one of those. So Very cool. Yeah. And uh, what town in Colorado did you hail from? Uh, I was in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, uh, and then in Denver. Steamboat. And huh? uh, yeah, and then been went, working my way west and have found a good home here. So, Well, that's really cool. Um, Let's taste the cab. Why don't you pour me a little bit about right. Cabernet Sauvignon. And what I like about Washington Cabernet Sauvignon, especially in the 2011 vintage, is that this wine will definitely age. I think the, the cooler uh, the, the cooler temperatures provided much better natural acidity. And uh, I think just a slower ripening, which didn't elevate the sugar, so you had lower alcohol. And you had uh, a little more tannin because cooler vintages, I think, give you a little more skin um, development. Right. I, I completely agree. The the reports from from growers and winemakers on 2011 is is exactly what you're saying. It's um, it's lower alcohols. It's not kind of hit you in the face cabernets. Um, it's not super ripe and higher alcoholic. Um, but they are they're going to last and they're much more they're much more restrained right now. Um, that's why we we like having this this cabernet for our cellar. Whereas the 12s that are going to come out is a record harvest, a lot of heat, a lot of like 13. Those wines are going to be very very youthful and fresh and a little bit bigger. Um, we really take. You know, in Washington, we really take what Mother Nature gives us each year. We're going to have these variations from vintage to vintage um, stylistically, and, and that's the challenge. But a good challenge for us is to keep that the flavor consistent but not be manipulative of, of what Mother Nature's given. So, Well, this wine is very well balanced, uh, dark fruit, and it's more of a boysenberry flavor than blackberry. I was going to get the, like that. the, the, the deep ripeness. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the oak on the wine, I want to say it's, it's probably, what, 
12, 14 months? We do, uh, we do a little bit longer than that, actually. We're usually about 20 to 24 months really? on this. And uh, we work with about nine different cooperages at the property and are blending off of those. Um, so Hungarian, French, American, uh, Slavonian. And then we'll just play the barrels off of that. So it's about, it comes out to be about a quarter of each. I see. And, but it's not a lot of new oak. No, not a lot of new. That's, uh, that's yeah. why I'm, I'm fooled a little bit, because it just seems that, you know, I would say 12 months of new. Even then, um, but the, the oak is very well integrated. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we like that. With, with Cabernet, especially 11, you need to be, just needed to be careful that you're getting the fruit expression, um, because it was a slower ripening, and you didn't want the oak to really cover up any of that. Uh, great texture on the wine. And so what do these two wines retail for? Uh, you know, you'll see the Cab, and this is something we're really proud of, is... Um, I think they, they taste and they look like more expensive wines than they are. Uh, the Cabernet is, is always consistently about twenty nine ninety nine on the shelf. Um, and and the, the Baby Brown, the Tribute, uh, any twenty two to twenty four ninety nine. Oh, these are good values. Mm-hmm. We really we think so, and that's that's kind of it. Harkens back to really what uh, Precept was founded on was was bringing really good bottles of wine that our our parents can respect, but our friends can afford to drink. So. so tell me about the website where people might find more information for uh, Brown Family Vineyards. Uh, we have a, a website at brownfamilyvineyards.com or the the overarching, the mothership um, website is preceptwine.com. And it, it kind of showcases not just Brown Family Vineyards, but a lot of our other properties like Waterbrook and Canoe Ridge and, and things like that. And uh, is there a great amount of information um Regarding these wines and, and sharing, downloading some of the, the vineyards and the, the wine production and the styles and the people behind I think them. so. I think we have a very um, – I definitely think the, the wine community, uh, when it comes to using the internet for your uh, – to help you, uh, is a little bit behind the times. And I think um, we're a pretty uh, progressive, modern company, and so we're, we're all for um, – getting the information out to the people as, as easily as possible. We so. appreciate that. I would agree you. that, uh, you know, with all of the, the boutique wineries we have in Washington State, I say that sometimes the website's the last thing to get done because it's just like an afterthought and you got to get photos and information and, you know, and these are all small businesses. So brownfamilyvineyards.com. Check out the website to, uh, for the 2011 Tribute and the 2011 Cabernet Sauvignon. All parts of the Precept family of wines. I'm speaking with Austin Gangle of Precept Wines, and he's the uh, national sales manager for uh, the boutique side of their, their portfolio, which includes uh, Waitsburg and Brown, and what's the other one? Uh, Gruet, ah, our newest partner. Well, tell you what, let's chat about Gruet when we come back from this break uh, here on Happy Hour Radio. And uh, don't forget, folks, uh, David LeClaire was uh, inviting you all to his Wednesday, September 10th Interurban Harvest Party. And if you have not bought tickets yet, for the Seattle Wine Awards Gold Medal Wine Experience, you've got your chance. WestSeattleFoodBank.org slash events. Sunday, September 14th. Save the date. And uh, don't go away, because we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Save the date and celebrate Washington and Oregon's best wines and wineries. Sunday, September 14th at the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, benefiting the West Seattle Food Bank. Taste, talk, and tour more than 70 fantastic Northwest wineries, all under one roof and each of them pouring their gold and double gold award-winning wines. Sumptuous food, chocolate divine, and this year's most delicious wines. The 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, Sunday, September 14th. Find tickets and information at westseattlefoodbank.org and seattlewineawards.com. 
Breaking down the big stories. Glenn Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Uh, having a good time here in studio with Brown Family Vineyards and the National Sales Manager for Precept Wine, Austin Gangle. So, Austin, um, let's talk about New York earlier, and uh, I always have a good time in New York, especially around this August. Uh, the temperatures are great. Um, regardless of what temperature it is, I typically like to have a little champagne. I was at the Plaza Hotel, and they pour Krug champagne by the glass. And uh, two weeks ago, I had uh, Julien Pepin, Le Alleur, the brand ambassador for Krug, in studio, and he was talking about the Krug ID. Are you a champagne or sparkling wine fan? I am, very much so. And uh, so we all love Krug, I'm sure. Um, if you haven't had a chance to taste it, you will fall in love. It is uh, classy and luxurious. But um, when it comes to American sparkling wines, California seem to get all the uh, attention for good reason, because uh, we've got Domaine Carneros, uh, we've got uh, Piper Sonoma, and we've got uh, Domaine Chandon down there. What other regions in America outside of Washington State are doing quality sparkling wine? Well, you know, in a lot of those, a lot of those houses, those California houses, were were French families that moved over here that that got their start, um, you know, in the Krug cellar or something like that, and then moved to California uh, in the in the '60s and '70s and started making sparkling wine there. Uh, to answer your question, uh, the one I'm most excited about. Um, Obviously, I'm a little biased right now. Is is New Mexico? Um, that's, what uh, New Mexico? New Mexico, um, also home of Breaking Bad, but um, <laughs> that's pretty much what everybody knows it for right now. But um, there's been a sparkling wine house um, down there for 25 years. It's called Grue, G R U E T, and once again, they're a French family that moved over here in the uh, the late 70s, and they got their start. Uh, Gilbert Grue uh, got his start in the Krug cellar, uh, learning how to make sparkling wine there. And uh, you're kidding! It's the Krug Cellar. No, it is the Krug Cellar. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. a segue. Started there uh, to in '65 and started um, just kind of was making wine to to pay us pay his bills and uh they moved over here and they <laughs> found just hanging out I, you know this is fun I'll, back I'll, then i think it was a little bit easier i'll um, blend 30 vintages or 30 wines instead of 60 took his kids over to uh across the pond and uh and found some family friends in new mexico and saw some beautiful vineyard sites down there uh some of the highest elevated vineyards in the united states about 4300 um so for for the grapes for champagne or sparkling wine uh, chardonnay and and uh, pinot noir uh that's great for that. Um, there's good water down there. There's good heat for ripening to get them to where they need to be. And uh, they've already had their harvest down there, um, actually. So well, the funny thing done. about sparkling wine is, if, uh, if our happy hour radio listeners haven't uh, figured out yet, that sparkling wine is all about acidity. That maintains the freshness and the brightness because it's a white wine. They have no tannin in these wines outside of a little skin contact and perhaps a touch of oak every now and then. Um, but they harvest them early, and uh, so they're not looking for lots and lots of sugar because uh, too much alcohol in sparkling wine doesn't work. No. It makes it heavy and flabby and... Um, must be something, I guess it's like vodka sodas, you know, and sometimes those are refreshing, but you have to add some acid to it, right? I That's agree. why vodka sodas get lemon, yep. lemon and lime. 
That's hard. It's harder for the aging. Uh, if you are going to make some vintage stuff and hold it back entourage for three, four years, something like that, um, you need to be able to get ripened structurally enough so it'll sit uh, in, in the bottle but uh, and not fall apart. And entourage me is a French term to mean uh, on the lees, basically. It's the... Uh, the adding complexity from the autolysis of dead yeast cells, uh, providing some protein molecules and branch amino acids. I don't know. I'm not I like this. I can just again. throw out terms and you'll define them. That's right. <laughs> what is love? What is love? Uh, don't hurt me. So, um, but Gruway, I had no idea that Krug Cellars uh, was the, um, well, the legacy, the heritage, the uh, pedigree for Gruway. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Gibert was the Gibert was the father, uh-huh. and then his, uh, his, his son Laurent and his daughter Natalie uh, really were the ones that... Um, have been behind the project for the past 20 years making the wine, and, and they were the ones who planted the vineyard laying on a flatbed truck, and they planted the vine when their father banged a gong, and they moved down the rows. <laughs> Bang a gong. And that's uh, a really great family, uh, blue-collar operation. I saw an ad. Um, one thing about Gruy that I love is really the, you know, we all like Krug, as you were saying, but I can't afford to drink Krug every day. Uh, I make Washington wine, and <laughs> we don't make any money doing that. So, um, But Gruy's always been about great sparkling wine um, for the masses, I guess. And um, you know, I saw an ad from 10 years ago in a New Mexico paper that, that showed Gruy for fourteen ninety nine at at the store, and it's still to this day fourteen ninety nine at the store. And that's something I'm really proud of and to be working with these people on. Well, what uh, I don't know if our Happy Hour Radio listeners actually know is that uh, Gruet is now part of the Precept family of wines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've we've gotten outside of the Northwest and found another little region of of winemaking as well, like Idaho and, and Oregon. Well, is that the only winery in New Mexico, or do you know of some no, others? No, there's about uh, 30 uh, total. Really? Uh, Gruet is the largest uh, producer, to my knowledge. Um, there's about 30 down there, all kind of growing grapes uh, south of Albuquerque. South of the Baking Bread, Breaking uh, <laughs> Breaking Bread, the trailer yeah. park. Yeah, they're they're growing other things and cooking other things in Albuquerque, <laughs> but uh, the grapes are about two hours south, like tamales. Um, Mark Miller has a restaurant there in Santa Fe, New Mexico. One of my favorites that I remember. It was uh, a cool spot. It's I, the tapas I, joint, yeah. right in Old Town there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they so they've got some culture down there. Obviously, uh, Native American culture, and for hundreds and hundreds of years, so a lot of history. And it's really cool to think that of all places, the Frenchman would land uh, with a little Krug pedigree is New Mexico. I mean, I just think about that. Uh, Native American meets a little bit of Spanish, meets English, meets French. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's some conversation. And it was those Spanish, table. those Spanish missionaries were the first people to be planting there. So the some of the you know, the the wine. I'm gonna, we're not going to call it the wine community, but grapes go back to the 1600s there when the missionaries were down the there. The Pais grape, right? Yeah, the Pais. Yeah. Yes, that's it. It's a white wine, a white grape, that was brought up through uh, Mexico. So Gruet, um, they make a lot of wine. I mean. And considering for precept, I mean, I know this is rather large family of wineries, uh, but overall, none of your uh, properties are super huge, like uh, over you know two hundred fifty thousand cases. I think no, you're, no. Uh-uh. And Gruet is just over a hundred thousand cases. Yeah, we did uh, the, the vintage last year was about a hundred thousand, hundred seven thousand, and uh, in all fifty states too. Separated into. Uh, Several tiers of, of wine for Gruet. A few a- different tiers. We're the only, uh, Gruet's the only domestic sparkling producer um, that does 11 different sparkling wines uh, and three different vintage wines. That's a pretty rare, um, I don't know of any California house that can, that can say they're doing that um, actively. 
So when you say three different vintage ones, you're saying 2010 Blanc de Blanc, Rosé, mm-hmm. and Blanc de Noir, or something else. And in 07, else. we do an 07, I see. named so, after Gilbert the father. Uh, and that's four years it sits. Uh, and then we do a couple 2010s of Rosé and a, and, a, and a Blanc de Blanc. And then we do a 25th anniversary uh, bottling as well. And so you've been down to the property, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it's a beautiful property. And how, how are those vines trained? Because I know that in Champagne, it's typically bush vine and single cordon. It's single cordon down uh-huh. there um, for, for everything. And um, like I said, there's about, we have about 110 acres down there planted between two different vineyard sites. Uh, really, the only obstacle down there for harvesting is, um, is frost. It's kind of like Washington. Um, freeze, is, freeze can be our issue. Especially at 4,800 feet. Yeah, exactly. So we can frost is really the, the the main obstacle there, but it doesn't it doesn't get too hot because we're picking early, uh-huh. um, which is what you want to do for sparkling wine. Well, what's early in New Mexico? Early in New Mexico is about three weeks ago, uh-huh. uh, four weeks ago. So in Washington, we're pulling um, off our vineyards right now. We're just starting to pull Sauvignon Blanc from our warmest sites around Red Mountain, um, and whereas down there, and we're picking at twenty to twenty two bricks uh, down there. We were picking at thirteen to fifteen, and it's already done. You know, for sparkling wine, you know, the vintage isn't so much the key it's the it's the style it's that house style and that consistency because when you're picking so early the vintage hasn't really had its chance to to impress upon what the grapes are going to be um whereas you know in washington if you know 11 is going to be a lot different than 12 the stuff that you're going to taste off of a site like out of the horse seven hills especially where there's a lot of freeze problems and i would imagine that uh, in the new world especially in places like uh you know, Eastern Washington and New Mexico, that it's consistent overall outside of a, a frost here or there or a, a cold freeze. Um, but when we take, let's talk about vintage in uh, France and Champagne. Those conditions uh, are much more prone to those uh, uh, weather patterns and, and hail damage and mm-hmm. frost and, uh, and cold weather. So when uh, a vintage in Champagne, that's, those grapes have actually had a chance to develop more ripeness at the time that when they pick them mm-hmm. than other times. And, of course, most champagne or most sparkling wine is 95% non-vintage. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's uh, usually pulling from about two to three different vintages um, there. And that's, and that's really what, something I love about um, what we're capable of doing with, it, with Brown family vineyards in the state of Washington is we're not confined to one single vineyard. Um, and, and if... For example, in you know our Horse Heaven Hills properties had a lot of freeze problems in 2011, um, but we were so we were able to pull from warmer sites and get into uh, more of the Yakima that didn't see that as much, um, and that's something that Washington has great um, it's great accessibility for us. We're we have all these different microclimates just up from Lake Chelan down to Walla Walla. Um, you can really be so one vintage really doesn't affect the entire state. We have we so much are, diversity. We are very lucky here, and I'm speaking with Austin Gangle of Brown Family Vineyards, and now. Gruet sparkling wine from New Mexico. So when we come back from this break, we're going to wrap up that conversation, talk about the uh, 2014 gold medal wine experience and some of the precept wineries that will be part of the tasting on September 14th. Uh, so if you haven't got your tickets yet, check it out at westseattlefoodbank.org slash events. And we'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Waterbrook Winery offers world-class Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Chardonnay, proudly produced in Walla Walla since 1984. Now you can experience Waterbrook Wine in celebration of the ultimate college football rivalry on November 29th. Enter to win a trip for you and seven guests, complete with Alaska Air flights to Pullman, plus two nights lodging and a private tailgate. Enter at waterbrook.com forward slash win apple cup. That's waterbrook.com forward slash win apple cup. Cheers. 
The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Hey, we're here every Saturday on 570 KVI, 11 to noon. And if you want to check out some past episodes, some of our great guests, go to happyhourradio.net, and you can go to iTunes and check out our podcast. Uh, All of our episodes are on the iTunes podcast. Look for Happy Hour Radio. So, Austin Gangle, uh, you are the ambassador today for Brown Family Vineyards, and Mm -hmm. I understand that you will be, uh, Brown Family Vineyards will be part of the 2014 Gold Medal Wine Experience, along with Waterbrook and Canoe Ridge and Waitsburg Cellars. These two wines, the 2011 Tribute and the 2011 Cabernet Sauvignon, both won gold medals, and they're tasting excellent. Um, they're still pretty tight. I can see uh, them uh, evolving and uh, unwinding and um, blossoming here in the next hour in the glass for sure, but uh, certainly they have some time in the bottle to go. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think that just, you know, it's showing that that 11th vintage where I think we'll, we'll be showing the 12s, you know, here in uh, in a little while, and I don't think we'll be saying that same thing about that. Oh, um, right. You know, that's, that, that's interesting how 2011 was the coldest vintage in record, and then 2012 came back with a uh, almost the perfect uh, season that we're most of our winemaking uh, experts and professionals are used to or are more familiar with, I should say. Mm-hmm. So if, if people want to taste uh, other Brown family winery uh, uh Tears, the the Chardonnay, the Merlot, and more. Where might they find these? Well, it's good of you to ask. We just uh, opened up about two months ago um, the Brown Family Tasting Room, um, and that's in downtown Walla Walla, right uh, in the heart of Walla Walla, below uh, Roti, uh, just down the street from Cayuse and across from Mark Ryan. Oh, that used to be the chocolate shop was, or the Waterbrook. Yeah, it Apex. was chocolate shop. And then something before that. and um, But originally the brown wines, because they're made at the Waterbrook Winery, um, they were just being poured there. But um, good loyal customers have warranted a, a spot in, uh, in downtown that we also uh, have a couple other um, smaller boutique wineries like Ross Andrew, uh, Cavatappi, and um, uh, Waitsburg Cellars being poured there as well. Oh, neat. So yeah. uh, Walla Walla, a place so nice, you can go there and taste uh, a whole host of fantastic wines, uh, not including precepts. I mean, more than just precepts wines. You've got, uh, you know, the Precept family is, this name is almost, people don't get it, but Precept is we nice. Like that. Precept is nice. <laughs> nice people. It's real people, uh, real Washingtonians, and who are um, working very hard to promote the, our Washington industry. So, Hats off to uh, the Precept family, and uh, will you be at the Gold Medal Wine Experience pouring? Yeah, I will. Um, I'm going to be working um, a project that we started about two years ago with the uh, the wine writer, Paul Greggett, who wrote the column here in Seattle Times for years. Uh, him and I have a project called Waitsburg Cellars that really focuses on old vine uh, Chenin Blanc grown in Washington. Um, so we found some great old vines uh, planted in the mid to late 70s and, and do two different styles of, of Chenin Blanc, one more in the uh, Bouveret tradition and one more in the Sauvignon tradition. Yes, uh, Chenin and Chevrolet. Yeah, I think that was that, that sounds like a wine writer writing those names. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we had the pleasure of having Paul on yeah. uh, on the show and tasted the, the whites and the reds, mm-hmm. um, and he's very excited. It's great to see uh, that twinkle in his eye. Um, and uh, a chance for him to get on the other side about uh, you know oh. this great industry yeah. we 
<laughs> beat him up. Yeah, beat him up a little bit, but um, he his punches have been soft because it's a quality product, and I'll use the word product. It's a quality wine, I should say. And uh, I want to say it's been a quality interview with you. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. That's Austin Gangle with Precept Family, and if you want to meet him in person and uh, the handsome man he is, join us on Sunday, September 14th for the Gold Medal Wine Experience. Uh, that's 67 Washington and Oregon wineries pouring 150-plus gold and double-gold award-winning wines uh, with great food, a sumptuous wine country buffet, decadent chocolates, and, uh, well, gosh, whites, reds, and sweet wines, uh, all for your pleasure. Um, That's at the Seattle Waterfront Marriott on September 14th. That's a Sunday. uh, We're working to get the Seahawk game on there. The big screen. Uh, Tickets available at westseattlefoodbank.org. So I look forward to seeing you there. And uh, coming up uh, uh, next week, I've got some great guests on the show, um, as always. Uh, My friends from Mare Nation Station, uh, Kamala Saxton, will be joining me. She is the the owner, the founder, the proprietor, the the lovely lady who uh, makes mouths water uh, with that great uh, onolicious food, brah. Uh, right down from my house on Alki Beach. And uh, I also have Dr. Richard Baxter. He is a uh, facial and cosmetic surgeon who specializes in uh, wine and health. And he's going to talk about resveratrol and why we should be drinking more wine and just enough wine to keep us beautiful. And not that old adage that you're getting prettier by this drink, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the real health benefits of wine. And, of course, we'll check in with some more of the fantastic wineries joining us for the Gold Medal Wine Experience Hope you had a great time on our show. Uh, I want to thank David LeClaire and Austin Gangle um, as for jumping in and being my great guests. Uh, looking ahead, we've got the Red Mountain Black Party, Saturday, September 27th. Uh, if you like Red Mountain wines, which you must, if you love wine, check out redmountainava.com. Hey, everybody. I look forward to seeing you next week, 11 a.m. to noon, right here on 570 KBI. And remember... Life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.